Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really appreciate this young lady coming on. Another young reporter from campusreform.org. This time it's Sarah Prentice. Sarah, how are you? Good to meet you. Good. How are you, Joe? I'm doing very well. So you're going to school at SUNY Brockport. Those who don't know, SUNY is the State University of New York, um, and they've got uh, several branches all over. SUNY Albany was near where I was, but there are SUNYs. I think there's one in New York City, uh, and they're all over the state. Where is Brockport geographically? Brockport is about 20 minutes west of Rochester, New York. And for those who don't know, Rochester is across the lake from Toronto. So it's it's like far west New York. It's not as far as um, Buffalo's a little farther, right? Yeah, I'd say Rochester is about like halfway between Buffalo and Syracuse. Okay, that's a good way to describe it. I, I, I believe I thought that it was close, and I drove from Albany to, to Rochester once. It took me like four or five hours. I was stunned by how <laughs> big the, you know, the, the upper tier of New York, people don't realize it's very, very large, and it's not yeah. all about New York City. So what's the what's the mentality at, at SUNY Brockport? Are, are you guys as affected by the very liberal policies of a Cuomo or a Hochul as New York City would be? Or are you more insulated from that? Um, so the SUNY system itself is run by Albany, right? So State University of New York, Brockport, yes, we do have a lot of liberal policies, but the town of Brockport itself is pretty red, I would say. Okay. Well, well, very cool. I know that the upper tier of New York, generally speaking, is pretty red. Uh, it yes. probably gets, you know, near near the university. I'm sure the university itself is probably pretty liberal. Just like I live in Texas, about 40 or 50 miles away from where I sit right now is the University of Texas at Austin. Extremely liberal in a very red state. So, We're covering uh, you, a story from there today. Let's say it again. Are, are you? Good. Well, good. We'll, we'll get into that in a second. So on campus, is it liberal as we would expect or not as much? Yes. So the narrative on campus is absolutely as liberal as you would expect. I'd say the student body is not as liberal, but conservative students these days, they have trouble speaking up about their views. They're afraid of being, you know, getting flack for it, afraid of being made fun of. And so the student body itself, because I'm involved with Turning Point USA as well, and we do all kinds of surveys. And I have actually found more conservative students than there are liberals and mostly just independents. But the school administration itself is very, very liberal, yes. But, but that's really it, right? I mean, if you're a conservative student, you've got to shut up or you might get canceled or your professor might take it out on you when, you, when you're doing a test or something. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, students being graded differently for their political views is absolutely not a myth. It's crazy. It is uh, Sarah Prentice. Is there, is there a, um, uh, some sort of a social media that you want to put out, Twitter, Instagram, something like that? Yeah, so I use my Instagram the most. It's Sarah P. Prentice. Okay, so S-A-R-A-H, the letter P, and then P-R-E-N-T-I-C-E. Yep. Very good. What are you studying? Political science. All right, so you want to do that as you want to be a politician, you want to be somebody who does communication. You you look and sound good, so you could probably do this for a living. What's the goal? Um, I do think that I would like to run for office one day, but I'm keeping my options open and seeing where, you know, God takes me. Governor Sarah Prentice, I can see it. Are, are (laughs) Are you from New York? No, so I actually grew up in Georgia. I also lived in Wisconsin for five years, um, but I've been in upstate New York for three years now. You, you know why I knew that you weren't from New York? How? You said Albany. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Albany, but but that's just me. It's just one of those things. You sounded good saying it, though, so don't take it the wrong way. Um, so I'm glad that you're in New York now because I think more people who are like-minded with you go to that state, and then more people who are very conservative, and there are a lot of them there, um, will be able to speak their voices and feel as though somebody has their back. Let's get to the stories. All right. Professor mandates masks despite optional mask policy at the university. What's the story here? 
Yeah, so at SUNY New Paltz, State University of New York, New Paltz, a woman gender and sex study professor is requiring her students wear masks in the classroom despite the optional mask policy of the university. She also states this in her class syllabus where she says that if you're not wearing a mask indoors, it's a sign of obliism and racism. It's a sign of what? Racism. Come on, stop it. How, how is it racist? I'm not sure I get well, well, a couple of things are important here. Number one, it's not the policy of the university. Number two, the CDC just gave guidance that you don't have to wear a mask unless you're currently, uh, you've got COVID and you have symptoms. So what makes her think she can do this or he? Is this a man so, or a woman? This is a woman. So she actually tweets on her Twitter says, I do believe the CDC's COVID recs have been, are, will be obliest and racist in service to capitalism. If you don't, ask the folks still in lockdown for fear of infection because the folks of color at most risk of contracting disease because they're essential workers. Is she is she a, b- a black woman? I She um, it seems Hispanic. Okay, so she, she call, probably calls herself a POC, a person of color. Everybody else is trying to kill the people of color in her little mind. Um, but again... All that having been said, okay, she's a racist, clearly. There's something wrong with her. But having said that, if the policy on the campus is that it's optional and if the CDC says that you don't need to wear it, why does she have the power to, and authority to say, I mean, what if she said you had to wear a, a Mets cap or a New York Yankees, you know, some New York Yankees socks or I hate cops shirt? Can she do that? Well, I don't think she should be able to, but right. I mean, the truth is a mask is just a piece of cloth and it's been scientifically proven that masks don't do anything. Nothing. And so in my opinion, this is just a power grabbing angle. She's just trying to grab power and, you know, enforce her liberal agenda upon her students in this case, because we've seen that masks don't work. And this is unfortunately a trend across the entire country. Um, there was campus reform covered a story at Georgetown where students were mandated to wear masks, but not the professors. Come on. And so we are seeing this, you know, elite rules for me, but not for the kind of thing going on where we have to wear masks, but the teachers don't have to. And we're seeing this in society, right? You know, people go to the Met Gala and they don't have to wear masks, but then we go into Wegmans or the grocery store and we do have to wear our masks. And so this is absolutely just politicians and people in authority trying to power grab. No, that's what it is. It's a, it's a matter of, uh, of having power over the people, controlling people, making them do what you want. And you're right. COVID-19, the molecules are much smaller than the, than the mesh in these cloth masks. The masks don't do anything other than stop you from socializing, stop you from being able to, to, to breathe clean oxygen and not breathe back in the carbon dioxide that, you, that you're outputting. Somebody should sue this lady and this should be changed. And, and if I'm SUNY, New Paltz, I would get rid of her. But they won't yeah, because she's a POC and she'll claim racism. Exactly. Exactly. It's unfortunate this is going on. And I think this is why students have to start speaking up. Because if we come from a student perspective and we can speak out and say, hey, this is wrong, maybe we can start to see more change. Because you're right. The university can't just fire her. They will be, you know, seen as racist or whatever, because that's how society views things today is through a racial lens. But if students can come out and say, hey, I don't care what race she is. I just care that she's putting masks on me when my freedom of choice should be to not wear a mask if I so choose, then, you know, this stuff really needs to get exposed. And reporting to Campus Reform is a great way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. CampusReform.org. Go there. It's Sarah Prentice. She is a correspondent. She's based at uh, SUNY Brockport in uh, upstate New York. Let's go to the next one. Student newspaper appoints student who assaulted a cop as its photo editor. <laughs> that's that's the reward? You assault a cop and you get to do this? Fill me in. Yeah. So this is at the University of Texas at Austin. Come on. Daily- yes. <laughs> that was the story I was referencing earlier. So the Daily Texan, the student newspaper there, hired a student who, back in a protest, an avenged trans youth protest back in February, 
this student was hired by the uh, police. I got, I got, avenge trans youth protest? Yeah, they were gathering to protest Texas Governor Greg Abbott saying he was an evil capitalist, sexist, racist. You know, all the classic left talking points that, right. you know, most people seem to fall for these days. So and and they were avenging trans youth. You know what he said was that parents are going to be in big trouble if they have these puberty altering or or body altering uh, procedures or medicines for their kids while they're still minors. And he's right; it's child abuse if you if you put your kid through this kind of thing. Um, but they thought they would do an avenge the trans youth thing, and he attacked a cop. Yeah. So at this protest, there is a student there by the name of Julius Shea who unprovoked attacked a cop who was there, kicked down his bike, kicked him in the shin. There was no rhyme or reason for him to do this anyway. It's just the this normalization of hatred for cops and anti-cop bias is, you know, really showing up on the college campuses. And we're seeing this in the students' behavior. And we are seeing society's normalization of this rhetoric by the newspaper hiring him. So uh, this this happened on campus when he kicked the cop? Yes. And he wasn't kicked off campus. He was rewarded with a job. So he was arrested, but the traps were charged. The charges were dropped. So you can, you can kick a cop in the shin in Austin. Maybe I'll go try it. I don't know. I, I, I look, I, I love law enforcement. I'm a big supporter, but if you can get away with just kicking somebody in the shin, maybe I'll go kick this guy in the shin. How about that? Sarah, I'll go and kick the guy in the shin that kicked the cop in the shin. And I'll just say, Hey, look, you can't charge me. We've got precedent here. It's, on, like honestly there's truth to that which is really sad because this is a trend that we're seeing across the whole country at my school actually at SUNY Brockport last semester we hosted a cop killer to come speak to us um, this man had lured cops back in the 70s lured them with a fake 11 a fake 911 call shot them in cold blood and went to jail for um, you know almost 50 years but he was let out on parole and then he came to our campus to speak about how he's a political prisoner and what, what, what the hell could he possibly have offered you guys on that campus? So the he ended up going online, doing a Zoom host meeting thing, and he talked about black genocide in America from cops, that thousands of black people are killed every year, like unarmed blacks are killed every year. It's when not true. The Washington, no, it's not. The Washington right. Post said that 149 unarmed blacks were killed last year, not a 1,000. Well, I mean, and, and there, and when you take all of the, the people out who were killed by police that were committing crimes, when you take all the people out who were wielding a weapon, it's like 19. It's, yeah, no, it's, exactly. I mean, it's almost it's almost nothing, which yeah, is, again, I don't want people to die, but let's be real about this. And this guy was was heralded as somebody that you guys should listen to. Yep. He was praised on campus and there were groups of students who were saying that it was racist that people didn't want him to speak on campus when in reality, the vast majority of us who didn't want him there were like saying, hey, this is so incredibly disrespectful to the police. We don't care if the man who came to school was a rapist or if he was white or whatever. You guys are praising crimes against cops yes. and normalizing it by having this guy on campus and there's nothing right about that. It's extremely wrong. Yeah, it's Sarah Prentice, uh, a correspondent from campusreform.org. Go to that website every day like I do. Let's go to the next one as we, we're starting to run out of time, but it's very interesting. Controversy erupts over pro-abortion SGA statement. Fill me in. Yes, so at the University of Massachusetts Amherst, the Student Government Association um, made an open statement in a campus-wide email and on their Instagram page openly supporting abortion by saying that the overturn of Roe v. Wade like should not happen and that they gave a list of a bunch of different abortion resources that students could get and it caused a huge controversy because the students for life president Kate Scott came out and said 
hey, you should be listing pregnancy resources, yes. parenting resources, because you're as an apolitical organization on campus. Right now, you're attempting to speak on behalf of all students, and there's nothing okay with that. Yes. No, I couldn't agree more. I'm glad that they spoke out against it. Uh, I, I don't understand why people, young people, smart people, um, really don't understand that overturning Roe v. Wade or Casey in 92, which is this Dobbs decision did, um, this doesn't mean abortion is illegal. It just means no, the states get to decide. And, and uh, I don't understand why people in New York, it, wh- where was this? Where was this? This was in Massachusetts. Okay, Massachusetts, it's legal. Uh, and it's probably going to remain legal because it's run by a bunch of left-wing idiots. So uh, you know, <laughs> yep. at, at the end of the day, as much as you and I might want it to be illegal, and it shouldn't be legal to kill an unborn child, this no. is up to the states now. So so the SGA is stupid. They don't understand, and taking a side doesn't make sense. Present both sides. Tell the truth about the ruling, and then you're doing the job. It is uh, Sarah Prentice. One more quick one. Universities com- compounded the student mental health crisis during the pandemic. What, what is this report? Did you guys do this report specifically? Yes, Campus Reform reported on this. Um, basically, the article was talking about a different, a bunch of different studies that have came out from different universities saying that the universities just across the country, their responses to the pandemic have compounded the already, you know, existing mental health crisis in this country, especially among my generation. So Boston University, for example, a study came out saying that nearly 60% of all college students qualify for at least one mental illness following the pandemic. Wow. Are you 60%? Sixty percent, and some stupid, uh, and I'm, my word, not yours. Um, educator, professor in in New Paltz wants to make people wear masks even more, which which of course contributed to exactly what we're talking about. The mask contributed, but I think the biggest thing to focus on that really truly affected people's mental health was the fact that we were isolated and quarantined. Um, let's take Yale for example. Campus Reform covered a story about Yale, how they mandated a one month quarantine for. Rest- for returning students in 2021. And they even had a policy at one point that said that students couldn't even go off campus to eat in different restaurants. Wow. So when you're stuck on campus, when you're stuck in your room for years, literally two years this happened to students, of course your mental health is going to get worse. Human beings are social beings and we need human interaction and we need to form bonds and relationships with other people in right. order to thrive. And COVID and like the policies and the just the masks, even like you were saying, but especially the isolation impeded on our ability to do that just as a human being. They took basic human rights away from us during COVID. No, no I, wonder people's mental health are going up. No, I couldn't agree with you more. When I was in college a long time, early 80s, um, it, it, I couldn't wait to go to class. I had a favorite professor. I had some girls that I like to, to hang out with. I had some <laughs> some guy friends that are lifelong friends. And you guys literally, two years of that sort of interaction was taken away from you. It, it had to drive you nuts. I mean, were, were you like... I would have been raring to go back to school. I, I wouldn't want to do this online. We, Of course, back in my day, we didn't think about it. We could look at people's faces online. But at the end of the day, it's a matter of having that human interaction. There's a lot more nuance to being a human social being than just you know being in a, in a shirt you just threw on on Zoom or something. Well, absolutely. And it's a huge issue because... When college students graduate and we go into the workforce and we've lost, you know, our college experience where we learn how to socialize with others and where we learn all of these important skills that we couldn't develop during COVID, America's going to be just a giant crap show. We're not going to have our stuff together. We're not going to know how to run things. You know, college is a really important time for us. And it got ruined by these COVID policies that weren't necessary because like we talked talked about before in the beginning of the show, college students are not at risk for COVID. Yeah. We do not need to be quarantined. Right. 
No, no, it, it was just a policy to control, as we said. It's Sarah Prentice. Follow her on Instagram, Sarah P. Prentice. And Sarah has an H at the end. Or go follow everything she does on campusreform.org. Sarah, great job. I appreciate meeting you. Let's do it again soon. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was a great time. All right, you bet. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. Hi, great to have you. Thanks. I appreciate you stopping by. Do me a favor. Go by uh, campusreform.org. Campusreform.org. Great website. Again, young correspondents. I keep hearing from people when I have the young correspondents on like Sarah Prentice. Um, They say, you know, the future is actually brighter than I thought because there are young minds like this that are doing the job right. I agree. So make sure you go and check out all the reporting all week long. And every Thursday, uh, we have somebody on from Campus Reform, and she did a great job. Do me a favor and go to the website, joepags.com, J-O-E-P-A-G-S.com. We've got great articles for you there every day. There's a video link. You can go check out all the, all the videos that we have over on Rumble. You can click on Store and go check out the gear that we have, the Joe Pags gear. It could be a shirt, a hat. It could be a sticker, whatever, uh, a coffee mug as well. And I appreciate you doing that. And sign up for all the social media. The way we beat big tech is that we keep on gathering there and telling the truth on their on their websites. I think it's just that simple. Go there and pick your favorite and go follow the Joe Pag show or just me specifically uh, when you go there. Let's do some pop culture. Boop. Dirty pop. Hi, Paula, what's happening? So have you been watching the U.S. Open at all? You see like Serena Williams and all that stuff? Yeah, just, just the butt smacking that we talked about yesterday. Okay, okay. So okay, apparently there's been a lot of celebrities there, you know, to see Serena's like last tournament or last right. matches and stuff and right. uh, Dion Warwick was there but the, the US Open announcers accidentally uh, or they misidentified her as Gladys Knight how does that what how does that happen I, I don't know Bo- both Dion Warwick and Gladys Knight you know kind of laughed it off Dion Warwick even tweeted out hi I'm Gladys Knight and instead of taking that midnight train to Georgia <laughs> I won't walk on by but we'll say a little prayer for you so. Uh, well, uh, good. They took it in, in, in good spirit. Yeah. Wow. How do you make that mistake? That's weird. All right. That's Polo. That is uh, Monica in for Sam. I'm Joe. We're back tomorrow. Have a good night. This is the Joe Pegg Show.